Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today. John Cobell and Ken Shampoo live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. We're on from 1 until 4 now. After 4 o'clock, you can hear us on the iHeartRadio app, our podcast, John and Ken On Demand. We're always there. That's, I mean, the shows just go on infinitum. You could hear us continuously. You could play old shows. You, you know, I, just, just, I know. We should be the, the, the background noise in everyone's home. Constantly. The hum of your life. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought of you this morning. Oh, too bad the vegan's not here. The The headline was, half of America's kids on a daily basis do not have any fruit or vegetables. Right. I was a little surprised because I thought some parents try to sneak it in. But well, half they serve it. it. <laughs> yeah. It's probably I, not eaten. I don't think I ever ate a single vegetable served to me off my uh, mother's uh, dinner plates. Not once. You... Well, I guess once to know that I hated it. When I was left six. it there, or you hid it somewhere, or you? Um, you... I left it there for the most part. I remember mm. one time uh, I had to go to the hospital. I'd gotten sick, some gastrointestinal thing, and they served me carrots every day, and I kept sliding the carrots under the hospital yeah, bed. Carrots, I and mean, they were cooked carrots. Cooked oh. carrots, oh, yeah. Cooked carrots, not yeah. So you know, not, and, not good. I have a hierarchy of, uh, by the way, of vegetables and fruits too. If you wanted to know, that. you have a lot of hierarchies. You rate well, everything, don't you? And, and, and cooking versus raw, there's a big difference. Uh, uh, your carrots, you can't have cooked. Yeah, no, it was no, like no, it was no. like steamed carrots, which may be the single worst. Oh, tasting they get food. all soggy and goopy, and the flavor gets really foul. Uh, raw carrots, okay, but yeah. not a cooked carrot. So, so I, I never had one. Well, you have it in soup or certain things, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Let's That's... do. 
If I, if I, if I see anything with even a little bit of a carrot, I, w- I won't eat the whole plate. You might as well have thrown a cockroach on my plate. Okay. That's how much I hate carrots. All right, we're going to start the show today with the octogenarians. It's a tough word, isn't it, John? You got that one figured out? I can handle that. One of them's 80. That's old show a couple of hours ago. Uh, I don't know why. Like two o'clock in the afternoon on a Thursday Eastern time. I'm going to speak to the nation about the unidentified objects in the sky. I, I, I saw that really by accident. Usually they do that later when people are more home or around. Well, or... this was it was a nothing speech. He, yeah, didn't, he didn't say anything that we already knew. There was no new information whatsoever. The no. only entertaining part was at the end of the speech when all the reporters start, started screaming at him. Yeah, we'll have that. But first, let's play you about 30 seconds of some of the uh, gobbledygook. We don't yet know exactly what these three objects were. But nothing, nothing right now suggests they were related to China's spy balloon program or that they were surveillance vehicles from other, any other country. The intelligence community's current assessment is that these three objects were most likely balloons tied to private companies, recreation or research institutions studying weather or conducting other scientific research. All right. So that's it. That- these were the three objects that were shot down in quick order last weekend. That answers, Not the Chinese spy balloon. That answers none of the main questions, though. They tracked uh, the Chinese spy balloon all the way from China, and they let it enter American airspace. Why? Why didn't they shoot it down off the coast of Alaska immediately? That, would, that, would, that was not explained. And, now, I know that story we saw yesterday in the Washington Post said they didn't think it was going to take an unexpected turn towards uh, uh, the mainland. Yeah. To our nuclear sites. It was supposed to go to Guam, remember? I, That's I, usually what their balloons do. I don't believe them because it, it, it went, ended up right over one of our nuclear sites. How could the wind randomly blow, blow a balloon all the way across the Pacific Ocean, all the way up to Alaska, and then all the way down to Montana? And, whoa, look, look, look up in the sky. Hey, that's a Chinese balloon. A, a spy balloon over our nuclear site. Wow. Come on. <laughs> You know, they're such liars. They really are a bunch of liars. They're trying to sell something that's preposterous, and they know it's preposterous. But well, I guess he only did this because they said you should. Uh, people are expecting you to say something about the flying objects. Well, I'd rather he say nothing because he, he it, it, it was just it was just a babble. It was nothing. And 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 the second thing is, how, how did they know? How did they know there wasn't a weapon on board that balloon? They haven't explained that. I heard some talk today that that what the Chinese could float over us is an EMP, an electromagnetic pulse, which would wipe out our electrical system. Country would be, be completely shut down with a few of those. How did they know that wasn't on board? How do they, they know there wasn't a missile? How do they know there wasn't a little hatch that was going to unleash the uh, the uh, next uh, biological virus? I, I don't understand how, and they wouldn't explain how they knew this. But those little benign weather balloons, whatever the hell they were, that we did go through the trouble of shooting down, spending $400,000 per missile, yeah, those we blew up. And that's only because of the fallout from not shooting down the Chinese well, spy balloon. But isn't that kind of a stupid Apparently policy? the polls showed you should have shot it down sooner. So, but, all right, that, we're going we're to do that this weekend then. But, but do you, Find something and shoot it down to show people we'll do that. One of them know. they shot at and they missed. Nobody explained how that happened. And they had to shoot two missiles. $400,000 a missile. It's called a sidewinder. 
said $800,000 to shoot a benign balloon and drop it into Lake Huron. In case you wonder why we have a $31 trillion deficit. But this is all the actions of, of like I, stu stupid people. In answer to your first question, I think China launches balloons all the time, so they don't really get too excited about it because it's just China up there again trying to, I don't know, collect information. Well, Remember we talked about that uh, Chinese program. They're big on these balloons. They love the balloons. They like to launch well, them all the our, time to collect data. Well, is it a problem or is it not? Because eventually they shot it down, and now they've recovered the equipment, and they're certain it is spy equipment. So why isn't spy equipment over our nuclear and military sites a problem? Somebody should explain that one. They're acting they, like it's not a problem. Well, it was a problem, you would think, right? Well, it's like you said yesterday, was so tied into them economically, they want to stoke an international well, incident you, by making a big deal about a balloon passing by. Do you know what question drove Biden out of the room? Might be hard to make out on the tape, but oh. one reporter said it's when somebody said, um, did, does your uh, business, did, did the Chinese business dealings with your son have anything to do with the reaction your administration had? And I'm paraphrasing question but it was along those lines and and biden responded give me a break and then he, and then he left well we had that audio uh, pl uh let's play that thank you very much sir there's been criticism there's been criticism that this was there's been criticism that this Sir, Mr. President, Mr. President, there has been criticism. Mr. President, there has been criticism that this was an overreaction that was done because of political pressure. You come my office and ask the question when you have more polite people. Mr. President, why have you chosen Poland for your trip to mark anniversary of the war? And what's your message? What? Well, you're off topic, sir. The last one. Oh, it's the Ukraine war. Yeah. Yes. It's an interesting dynamic. The reporters all shout at once. Some of them give up. Some of them don't. And eventually there's like two or three left still shouting their questions loudly. And Biden picked on the one that John mentioned, was asking about the relations with China and the business dealings. Compromised by your family. And that's when he said, give dealings. me a break. The other guy that was closer to the microphone that we heard was asking a different question. But yeah, uh, that's why Biden got a little upset. And then but, I think he turned to that other guy and said, we can, you can come to my office and privately ask your question. Well, why didn't they have an orderly press conference like they often do and go one by one and have him stand there for a half an hour or an hour? I mean, we're paying the guy. I don't want to hear he's too tired because then he ought to, he ought to resign. But he should stand there and answer all the questions. Yeah. The, the exact question was, are you compromised by your family's business relations with China? And mm -hmm. that's when Biden said, give me a break, man. That's not an answer. <laughs> that's a, a plea for mercy, but it's not an answer. Well, what it is, is it's brushing the question aside as if it's ridiculous. It's if not, ask it's not ridiculous. His family's up to their uh, noses. Uh, we're going to have plenty of hearings now that the Republicans own the House. So yeah. we're going to be hearing a lot more about this in the next two years. They're going to have tons of hearings over the Bidens and China and all their business dealings around the world. You can bet the people are going to hear more about that. How much coverage it gets, I don't know. Because most of the media, won't, they'll ignore it. Well, it exists, though. Whatever corruption the Biden family was involved in with China exists, whether the media covers it or not, stuff has been going on for a long time. And, and Jim and Hunter and Joe have made a lot of money dealing with China. All right, when we come back, the other octogenarian. Yeah, even older than Biden.
That's another good Diane Feinstein story, the week where apparently we believe she's not running for re-election, although she seemed confused about the release of that announcement. Uh, your chance for money is next. The keyword will be revealed in a few minutes. John and Ken, KFI, AM640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. A quick reminder that the Moist line is coming back tomorrow, so there's still time for you to leave a message for this week's playback of listener comments Use the iHeartRadio app. There's a microphone icon. You can leave a message directly that way or dial up the toll-free number 1-877-MOIST-86, 1-877-664-7886. Today, by the way, was old Joe's uh, physical. His annual physical was this morning. Oof. Not the one where they look at his mental state. Yeah. It's just the one where you check your heart and your lungs and all that kind of stuff. The, so. the, the mental state. That's what the, the world wants to know. I can yeah, see. it would be nice to know. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, that Montreal test, the Montreal cognitive test. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't, it takes just a few minutes, and uh, you get a good reading on uh, how much decays in your brain. Trump uh, had a doctor. He was a physician to Obama, too, this Dr. Ronnie Jackson, who once said after taking a physical of Trump in 2018, he might live to be 200 if he had a better diet. If he had a better diet. Yeah. I don't know. Everybody makes fun of his diet, but he's... Uh, Still rolling along. I think Trump is probably one of those people like you. He's probably never had a vegetable or a fruit. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I think you can have a very long, healthy life without ever tasting a vegetable. Right. Uh, now we move over to the other octogenarian, who, of course, has been in the news this week. First time in a long time. Feinstein. Uh, U.S. Senator Dianne Feinstein, 89 years old. Of course, big time in the news two days ago because her staff released a statement that she was not going to run for another term in the Senate next year. And then uh, when meeting up with reporters later, she seemed to not be aware of that. <laughs> now, I was being generous in saying that she didn't know the statement went out already, that she knew there was a prepared statement and she knew she's not running, but she didn't think they released it. Still bizarre, but uh, could be the explanation. Or it could be, yeah. Whenever that statement was drafted, she forgot that uh, completely forgot that they had actually written it up. She's not right. Yeah, because uh, there's video evidence that she forgets things that happened seconds before. Okay. Because and you know because those brain cells don't no longer exist to restore the memory. Yes, as you get this old, short-term memory is a real issue for people. So more proof of this popped up yesterday. Uh, Businessinsider.com has a story that yesterday she emerged from the Senate chamber and was confused about what she had done during a two-vote series. She started to question her longtime chief of staff, David Granis. This guy must have some stories to tell, don't you think? It's a long day. Did I vote for that? He had just finished explaining to her that the six Senate votes scheduled throughout the day would be on Biden appointees. And he then shook his head and simply said no. Hmm. So she didn't vote for that. An insider review of the floor proceedings confirmed that Feinstein did not vote on the nomination of a judge to serve on the U.S. District Court for the District of Oregon. That person was confirmed by a vote of 52 to 46. Oh, look at that. Feinstein him. voted to invoke cloture on another judge to serve on another court in Washington, D.C. See, her vote was missing. There were 99 votes for the second judge, but only 98 votes for the first judge. So she didn't even reach the button no. to press yes. 
Oh, that could be the case. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, no. It was Judge Nelson she didn't vote on. She voted on Judge Reyes. And the first vote was 52-46. Second vote, 52-47. She oh. missed out. Got confused. Yeah. Did I vote for that? So, I, I mean, it must be difficult. Staffers are supposed to be constantly at the senator's sides, uh -huh. briefing them on everything going on during the day. And if she doesn't have short-term memory, that's uh, that's pretty yeah. bad. That's... Uh, yeah, that's what I that's what I read about Strom uh, Thurmond, and he was yeah. hundred, and his staff was doing that. That's like was that Dory the fish and Finding Nemo. <laughs> that, yes, uh, that's what it's like. The voice by Ellen DeGeneres would not know something you said ten seconds yeah. earlier. So uh, because she shouldn't be the senator. Well, here's that's the thing that's that, coming up now. Should she finish this term? We've still got all of the rest of this year and next year that she's still going to be in the U.S. There, Senate. There is no other job. That you could hold. <laughs> Imagine being an airline pilot with that memory span. Oh, it, it, yeah, but that's people's lives are at risk as you fly around the country. No, that's much worse. I mean, <laughs> but but they're, name a really, job. Where, where you can, like to say, what do the, these hack politicians do anyway, right? Well, they don't. They, and we've maybe, talked about it in the past. Some older ones right, just continue on and their staff covered up for them. Maybe this is the only job you could have because it's such a silly job. Right. You just sit and vote exactly how your party instructs you to do every day. Everybody votes the same. Yeah. One party votes yes, the other party votes no. So why not just get 100 monkeys in there? See, the, the, the thing that would be key is if she does step down before her term ends, Dippity Doo Newsom would appoint a replacement. That person would have an inside track just because that's the way it works with people. Oh, yeah. they're already a senator? Okay, I'll vote for them. I guess they they know the job because they don't pay any attention. Well, he's going to make so they'll see you on the ballot as a senator, whoever that is. He's going to make probably. a bad pick no matter what, because he he doesn't he doesn't pick people based on qualifications and experience. Well, he's already said it's going to be a black woman. Well, that's not qualifications and experience. That's because skin color and gender. Because this uh, quota crowd was not happy when he replaced mm. uh, Kamala Harris with a Latino man. You see, right. so like, wait a minute, wait a minute. That was a black female seat. What did you just do? Yeah. Latino, that's not bad, but that's yeah. not right. He's well, still a man. So next time, it better right. be a black woman. He has, right, and he said he would. He has a, he has a male sexual organ. That's what we're going to decide who, who's oh, in the Senate. Everything now is about quotas. Everything so, is so, about well, diversity, know, representation. It's really well, out of control. You know, well, how could you take the being a senator seriously? If if they're picking based on how much melanin you have in your skin, and what kind of uh, sexual part you have between they your believe legs. that I mean, uh, uh, oh, white maybe. males ruled the world for too long, so now they no, want to catch up with. If you, if you put two white guys in there, or two black women, or whoever, you'd get the same set of votes anyway. This is all nonsense. Yeah. I wish all the reverence for everything in Washington and everyone in Washington would just. End before I die. Stop with the reverence for all these clowns, please. God. She's senile. Biden's senile. Everybody knows they're senile. No other job would they be allowed to show up for work, right? They'd have their they'd have their, their security clearances should be taken away. Their key cards should be nullified. And they should I, be sitting in rocking chairs at, at the rest home. And we all know this. There's a couple of stories we're going to do on today's show I thought were, were jokes. Again, parody. Somebody was writing something. What, an early April Fool? Uh, thanks to a listener named Lisa, 
When we come back, we're going to read from a column that apparently is real. Where else would it appear but the El Segundo Times uh, by a woman who I looked her up. She exists. Her name is Astra Lincoln. I looked her up, too. I couldn't believe she exists. I, 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 and she can't write. She writes horribly. But the mm-hmm. title of this piece, this essay, I like they say essay. Oh, by the way, she's award-winning, John. You saw that? She's uh-huh. an award-winning essayist. <laughs> when climate change looms, how are you supposed to fall in love? That was her Valentine's <laughs> column for the El Segundo Times. This is one of the all-time silliest columns. I know it, we've said this before, is. but really, really, this is unbelievable. In fact, we we we, are, we should have some kind of uh, uh, soppy, sobby music to play, Eric, if uh, you could find it. Because it's Pianos, violins, they can usually dig something yes, up. Anything All that right. uh, would... Uh, this is real, folks. When we come back, we'll read it. It's uh, hard to believe, but apparently this woman uh, cannot even go about a love life because the climate is in danger. Johnny Ken, KFI AM640, live everywhere in the iHeartRadio app. All right. Uh, don't forget, next hour, you have another chance at money. The uh, keyword will be revealed. And uh, today and tomorrow are the last days for this contest for a while. It's the KFI Cash Refill Contest with $1,000 up for grabs. Astra Lincoln, on her own webpage, is an award-winning essayist based in Portland, Oregon, by way of Payahuanadu. In parentheses, Owens Valley, California. So I guess she's using the original Native American name maybe for the area. Mm, Yeah, I I don't know. Her work focuses on the intersections of people, power, and place. Whatever that means. (laughs) She writes about disability, climate change, disaster management. So the reason we're talking about her is because she has written one of the all-time fantastic essays for the El Segundo Times. And it is for Valentine's Day. There's a big heart displayed at the top of the column, uh, and it's titled, When Climate Change Looms, How Are You Supposed to Fall in Love? Can we have some background music, please? Because this is very emotional, and you may weep. What we read are her actual words. We are not making this up. I asked a man to marry me once. Until I met him, I had never known the way that love could provide the magnetic pull of a bearing, like a pulse through the air. I felt the idea of him everywhere. For three years, we'd been living in the eastern Sierra Nevada. I was as enchanted by our mountain home as I was by him, but it was a demanding affair. Each summer, there were little losses. A camper left without realizing his fire's embers remained warm, and what was started for s'mores spread, igniting nearby brush. An acre burned. A mountain biker leaned too far to the right into a tight turn. Their pedal struck a rock and sparked. 100 acres burned. My favorite trail was buried in a landslide. I set out to climb a glacier, only to find that it had melted and was gone. To love that landscape was to maintain a desperate intimacy with its disappearance. I couldn't bear it. I wanted us to run away. From atop the high ridge, we walked one evening. I stretched out my finger and traced along the horizon, a part of the valley most likely to be destroyed when the inevitable wildfire came. Don't you think there are better places to live through this, I asked him, touching my nose to his nose? It would be hard for him to leave our tiny town. He was an immigrant. His status was tied to his work. We could get married, I offered, kicking up snow. Little crystals sprayed around his knees. At home later, we finished two bottles of Gruner Vetliner. Maps unfolded around us, pointing out new places we could go. Oh, but by the next morning, he had changed his mind. He asked me to leave without him. 
to leave him. I fled for the coast. Better to see the sea rise on a land I hadn't learned to love yet, I figured. All breakups. All breakups are hard, but they're worse if you're stupid. My mistake that was instead of indulging in a series of sloppy rebounds to recalibrate my aching heart, I threw myself headlong into a new career writing about global warming. I joined a research collective. I became a journalist. By now, I've heard so many well-articulated versions of what the landscape might soon look like. I can nearly see their flickering edges hovering over above the world that remains, like a holograph on the brink of being realized. I run through the pines knowing that some forest scientists expect California's mountains will soon be deforested from the joint forces of fire, drought, and invasive pests. I hear the threatened sparrows chorus in the yard and wonder how long their song will last, knowing that if all the currently endangered mammals were to go extinct, it would take 23 million years for evolution to replenish them. Ah, the horrors. An increasing body of research affirms the worry that human-caused global warming may rob us of a future or one that is pleasant and survivable for most species anyway. Depending on who you ask, we have somewhere between six and 10 years left until the planet's atmosphere will cross an atmospheric tipping point beyond which there is no return. Some argue it's a line we've already crossed. It does not spark joy. The climate crisis takes so much from us. Cool summer nights and the ability to chit-chat with Trader Joe's cashiers about the weather without wanting to suddenly weep. That was one of my favorite parts. Oh yeah, I gotta say that again. The ability to chit-chat with Trader Joe's cashiers about the weather without wanting to suddenly weep. Imagine yeah. you're shooting the crap with somebody and like people do about the weather. It's a pretty nice sunny day today. <laughs> Not for long. They'll be gone. Uh, but there's also a bigger, harder-to-name thing. What do we do if our love cannot withstand these ever-worsening storms that disrupt our dreams and uproot our lives? Wow. Today, three-quarters of Americans experience some degree of anxiety about climate change. Really? For people under 25, it's markedly worse. I wonder how many of them will get to revel in youth's capaciousness like I did. For a few good years in my 20s, I knew climate change was coming, but I had, yet, I had not yet come to believe it would change everything about my life. The hopes I held then now feel like a 20th century relic. Angular light pouring through the narrow alleyways of European cities. Market baskets heavy with exotic imported fruits. What? Their juices staining my chin. Mm. Endless travel, but unencumbered by guilt over, <laughs> over airline emissions or fear about how to build emergency plans into a holiday. <laughs> this is real, folks. We're not making this up. I no longer expect a future full of ease, whimsy, or fruit plucked from the branch. Again with the fruit. A threshold has been crossed. I'm not sure when. When was... Was it when, when? Was it when my last love ended? Or at some moment in the intervening years when I have failed to find another? Uh, you, because you're crazy, lady. <laughs> oh, I hope we get to it. I want to move ahead here because okay. I love this. It's my favorite paragraph. Okay. Recently, I fell into bed with a stranger. In the moments after, tangled up in each other, we pecked away at the awkward small talk of people who still didn't know each other's names. <laughs> When he asked me what I was thinking about, I monologued for 10 uninterrupted minutes about the agronomic insecurities that will mean one day, soon, we will have no ripe tomatoes lining our shelf. 
Imagine going home with a woman. Oh, no. And you're asking her, what's on your mind? No ripe tomatoes. I'm climbing out the bedroom window. Or I'm going uh, in the closet and That's what happened. <laughs> you're right. Have no ripe tomatoes lying shelves midwinter. And how I therefore always bulk buy heirlooms I can't afford. I left soon after and I never saw him again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that must have been the worst pickup in history for the guy. Huh? Like everyone else, I'm just searching for somewhere stable to leap and then land. In this, I'm no different than any more conventional climate-naive friends. Love has always stood in contrast to life's existential threats. Uh, wow, you? this woman must be a lot of fun to hang out with. What's on your mind? Oh, tomatoes. I won't be able to buy tomatoes anymore. I can't stain my chin. <laughs> Connection is a tiny revolt against everything we are up against. This is true even of trysts and other temporary flirtations. A love affair, Catherine Davis wrote in her memoir, Aurelia Aurelia, confers motion, ferrying you through time. Within the high of a good one, I can feel the gasping propulsion towards something sweet in each of my cells. What the hell? Uh, this one is also classic. On one of the final egg yolk afternoons of last fall... <laughs> Never heard anybody describe an afternoon as an egg yolk. <laughs> egg yolk afternoon. I asked my new crush if they thought climate change was impacting their dating. <laughs> That's not a question you get every day. I asked it as coyly as I imagined another person might casually mention the name of the child that they one day hope to have, which is to say with no subtlety whatsoever. They paused, rustling maple leaves at a crisp brown from drought rather than turning yellow. I see she, she stuck another one in there. No, not more than it's changed every other one of my relationships. My, wow. my solar plexus warmed in the familiar way then, as, as though here too might be an opening for me to see my way to a life populated with more desire than dread. There are other people, lots of them, still trying to find portals that will carry us to futures in which we survive. Like them, I am still looking. I still want to take that leap. <laughs> well, you know, at least you know if you run into this lady at a bar or restaurant. Her name is Astra Lincoln. Yeah, she may be pretty. She may be very articulate. She may be very interesting. There is a picture of her on the website. R run for your life. And apparently her award that she won was for something she did on mountaineering, some essay uh -huh. she wrote. So it's not like she's... Oh, my goodness. Fantastic. How did they find her? <laughs> Eric, how long would you last in bed with this girl? <laughs> if she brought up tomatoes in bed, I'm getting out. Like, I, I'm just upset that... He took her home to his place, uh -huh. and he had to kick her out. Well, I guess that's no, actually not a bad thing. she left, but she never heard from him again. Yeah, <laughs> but if he ended up at her place, imagine getting stuck there. I mean, she's got to be a story. Anyone who's dated her must be talking about this woman for a long but, time. But of course, the L.A. Times publishes this. Oh, yeah, very serious Valentine's Day stuff. Holy jeez. Thanks for having and letting us enjoy the holiday. All right, John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. Chick-fil-A is going to test a plant-based sandwich with cauliflower. Oh, don't do it. I love Chick-fil-A. Oh. Come on. These test sandwiches usually die. Not that high on my hierarchy of vegetables is the cauliflower. So. And that's, there with, that's down there with carrots. Uh, oh, this news just came in in the last hour or so. Of course, old Joe, a couple hours ago, spoke to the nation about these objects that were shot out of the sky last weekend. One over Canada, a couple of over Alaska, uh, one over Michigan, actually, in Yukon, uh, Euron. So um, 
We now understand, thanks to uh, an outfit called uh, AviationWeek.com, that it's very possible that one of the objects we shot out of the sky, and Biden wanted to make it clear today they're not part of a Chinese surveillance program, uh, it may have been a $12 balloon. Yeah, there's a balloon club called the Northern Illinois Bottle Cap Balloon Brigade. And uh, they enjoy ballooning and ham radio. They're a hobbyist club. Mm-hmm. And uh, they they built uh, apparently was uh, some kind of something called a pico balloon, which you can buy for twelve to one hundred eighty dollars each, depending on the type. And it they matched- reported its last position on February tenth, thirty eight thousand nine hundred and ten feet off the west coast of Alaska. So that gives you an idea. It seems to have been in the region. Right. And uh, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration has this uh, computer model. I guess you could send up a balloon and then use the NOAA software and uh, track where the balloon is likely to go. And it was projected that it would be floating high over the Yukon Territory in Canada on February 11th. That is the same day. That we spent $400,000 on a missile to shoot down a $12 balloon. A $12 balloon. <laughs> well, we're all safer for it. <laughs> because I was wondering while he was Biden was babbling today is, by now, people should know if a balloon is missing from their company or their research outfit, right? I said this the other day. I'll bet you it's some type of uh, geek who enjoys floating oh, these things and collecting data. Uh, th- th- there is a community of Pico ballooning enthusiasts. Did you know that, John? Pico Why? ballooning. Wouldn't you love Which combines meet- ham radio and high-altitude ballooning into a single affordable hobby. I'm sure they're a lot of fun. The, now, the, the explanation we got from one of the Pico balloon enthusiasts, uh, launching high-altitude circumnavigational Pico balloons has emerged only within the past decade. Uh, it is possible to calculate the amount of helium gas necessary to make a common latex balloon neutrally buoyant at altitudes above 43,000 feet. Mm. The balloons carried an 11-gram tracker on a tether along with these antennas to update their positions to ham radio receivers around the world. This is very exciting, isn't it? <laughs> I got it. I tracked it. <laughs> at any given moment, several dozen such balloons are aloft with some circling the globe several times before they malfunction you know or fail. These are probably retired guys. They got nothing to do, so they stand out on a out in a field with their hand. <laughs> Again, it reminds me of the guy on the beach with the metal detector. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I've, the big headphones on. I, I've seen Sir, him, get a life. And I've seen him in a park. They're the guys who like to fly uh, drones. Yes, right. They're still uh, children, but they're little flying airplanes. And, and they have nothing to do, and they don't they, they can't deal with their wife anymore. They don't have a job. So, yeah, you go back to being your eight years old again. You're flying a balloon. You're flying a a, a drone. Um, Now, uh, one guy says he uses a foil balloon sold by a Japanese company known as Yokohama. Twelve bucks. Yeah, because the thing is, some use Mylar party balloons. uh, But the round-shaped Mylar balloons often can't get higher than twenty to 30,000 feet. So that's where the thing that John mentioned, apparently some Japanese company called Yokohama, will sell this foil balloon for 12 bucks, And apparently the material has proven to be resilient for long periods at high altitudes. Mm-hmm. So that's why some of the uh, Pico balloon enthusiasts use this particular type All of right. balloon to send it up there with its little uh, equipment so on it. Let's just review. Joe Biden 
let a Chinese balloon that was 200 feet high with a payload of spy equipment the size of three school buses flow all the way from Alaska to South Carolina before shooting it down. However, he decides to shoot down immediately a $12 balloon run by a ham radio group. Pico balloons weigh less than six pounds and are therefore exempt from most FAA airspace restrictions. So that's another aspect of this. <laughs> Three countries, North Korea, Yemen, and the UK, restrict transmissions from balloons in their airspace. $400,000 missile. $12 balloon. Yeah. What's the payoff there? That, I, they, that, we're safer. He said an abundance of caution. <laughs> Boy, that is an abundance. <laughs> well, remember they said they weren't sure what they had after they shot it. I thought, though, this doesn't sound very big, these Pico balloons. And I no. I forget what they said the size of the objects that were shot down over Alaska and I don't know, but, were, but, you know, there, how many balloons could there be floating over uh, the Yukon at that moment? And they're well, the only ones saying, hey, we're missing a balloon. <laughs> I feel bad for the hobbyists. They lost their $12 balloon in its little well, tracking payload. If I was Putin, now's the time. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. now's the time. All right, we got more coming up. John and Ken, KFI AM640, live everywhere the iHeartRadio app. You can have Alaska in about five minutes. We'll just be watching. Uh, Deborah Mark is off today. Jason Middleton live in the 24-hour KFI newsroom. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand, it's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products, it's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.